Welcome to the Virtual CISO Chronicles, a podcast about cybersecurity, entrepreneurship, and business. Each week, I interview an expert working in the field of security. I'm your host, Caroline McCaffrey, one of the co-founders of ClearOps, a generative AI painkiller platform for virtual CISOs and security experts. For years as the general counsel for various startups, I suffered from what I call the security questionnaire problem. So one day I figured that if no one else was solving it, I would. I started this podcast a few months ago because I went running one day and I tried to find a podcast on virtual CISOs and I found two. One was by my friend Greg, who does the virtual CISO moment, and the other by a competitor. So just like how I started ClearOps, I thought, hey, I'll start a podcast. <laughs> Our guest today is Jonathan Mandel. Thank you, Jonathan, for joining me and welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Glad to be here. So to get us going, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, your background, and where your passion for cybersecurity came from. Yeah, absolutely. So my background is in technology. I've I've been in technology um, for my entire career. I've mostly been in, in sales and business development roles. Um, and um, this is uh, I, I, really my first dive into entrepreneurship these past three, three and a half years. Um and it's quite interesting how I, I got in uh, to the business. Um, I was working for a TPRM startup. Um, it was a, a platform startup that I had been introduced to them through a friend who was an investor and they were looking for sales and business development help. And uh, I, I joined that company for a couple of years. We had a good run. Um, the company ended with a successful exit. And while I was there, though, um, you know, I've always been really passionate about solving problems and thinking ways to solve problems. And I also knew that I wanted to jump back into entrepreneurship. So while I was there, I really saw what I, I felt was a big problem in the TPRM market, um, which was that every company was individually uh, assessing their top and key vendors in basically the same way um, from one another. And I, I just thought it was like kind of an incredible uh, headache for the customers that each one had to review the SOC 2 and the SIG and the, the CAIQ of kind of of all their top, you know, 300 vendors or 500 vendors or whatever the number was. And so that's really how the idea of TP was born was, is there a way that we could have a open source um, review that could then be shared among different customers. And in my mind, that would increase the value of the review um, and increase the comprehensiveness of the review. And it would also decrease the cost. So I feel like I was um, doing two things on that front. And uh, and that's how I started TP. That was really the, the original vision for TP. TP is the name of your company now, just just to make sure everyone in the uh, who's listening knows when you refer to TP, what that is. Yeah. Really fascinating. I, I'm, I've am i actually been really looking forward to this conversation because looking at your background, I thought to myself, here's someone who understands what I consider the biggest pain point of the people that I talk to, which is sales and business development. And you've felt the pain point that I've you know, that I personally have made a, a soapbox out of for the last several years. But really interesting what you said about how you worked at Third Party Trust. Um, you came in, you were brought in by an investor, you said? Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Who's a friend of mine. Okay. And and then you decided to go out and, and launch TP. Going back to Third Party Trust for a second, 
Um, what was it about the the startup environment, the the growing the business that made you think to yourself you wanted to take the plunge? Yeah, I had been I had worked for a few startups, and I had always my whole career wanted to um, be a business owner. Um, and so I don't think it was necessarily being at a third party trust that kind of gave me the inclination. I think it was more, I, I saw what I thought was a, a valuable problem to solve and um, wanted to kind of take the plunge to, to solve that problem. So I think, you know, if I'd seen a different problem in a different industry or different space, I, I probably would have, you know, equally taken the plunge. But I think that was as really as, you know, I always wanted to be a business owner and I saw you know, what I thought was a worthwhile uh, problem to solve. So TP, is it a technology platform? Is it a more services business, a mixture of the two? Talk a little bit more about that business. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I don't have a background in building technology. Um, and so originally what I wanted to start was really provide a managed service, um, which is what we've been doing the last three years. Um and, you know, that's everything from reaching out to vendors to, you know, grab documentation from them, actually doing the the analysis and the review of the documentation, um, and then, you know, providing like a final report with um, both risks and recommendations, internal recommendations to my customers. Um, and I, I think the idea was, okay, let's, you know, get to revenue, let's provide services because you can kind of do it from day one. Um, and then, uh, more recently, like in the past six months, I've, I've undertaken, um, <clears throat> building technology to help support the services and support the customers. And so, um, I think that's going to be a big part of our, uh, product set and solution set going forward, but, um, we definitely didn't start there and I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with that route. So one of the biggest pain points I talked to you about with security experts is finding business, getting new customers, generate consistently generating leads. I don't know. Is this a problem for you or is this something because you have so much experience in that area that it's easier? Uh, <laughs> I think even for the most experienced founders and salespeople, they'll always say, you know, finding customers, especially early on is, is uh, absolutely challenging. Um, I think, you know, everyone brings a specific skill set that they're very good at to the table when it comes to entrepreneurship. Some people are very technical. And so I, you know, they can produce really good content because they are technical. Um, and that's a great way to drive awareness in the market. Um, because of my background, I was very good and trained at reaching out cold to people and having sort of engaging messages and, you know, getting that sort of first call. So that was, that was my strong suit. So I would say, I think probably the best thing is, you know, what is that strong suit that you can bring to the table and, and really, you know, go in and lean in on that. Um, so some people have like an existing cybersecurity network of, of folks. So if that's the case, you know, it's getting, um, it's getting customers from your network. Um, so it, I mean, yeah. it, it spans, there is like really no silver bullet when it comes to that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd say like play to your strengths and, and your background as far as how to get those first few customers. That's really valuable advice to give uh, people who are listening, who are, you know, also 
trying to build their own business because a, a lot of people I talk to do rely on their network. So, um, and I think sometimes when you rely on your network, it can feel a little slower than if someone has, I, you know, just sort of guessing the experience you have of, of writing that cold email and knowing how to reach a larger pool um, using those sort of tactics. I, I, maybe stepping back a second, how big is TP? How many people do you have working for you? How many clients do you serve? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm the only full-time employee. Um, and then I, I, uh, I have a number of analysts that we've hired um, that aren't full-time, but um, I engage them as if they're full-time. Um, and then at this point, we're up to um, only more than a handful of customers, but um, we've added a couple more in the past six months. So um, awesome. it, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely a lot easier once you have that that customer set to add more than, than it is from starting from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. And well, cybersecurity is tough, tough industry. What do your, what do your clients value about the services that you're providing? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing is, you know, this is a difficult task to do. Um, you know, usually it takes at least an FTE, if not two to three FTEs, to run a proper TPRM program. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've really kind of flipped that on its head and said, you know, we can kind of do that service with our model of assess one share many um, with, you know, sort of the equivalent of uh, a half uh, FTE or a quarter FTE. Um, and we've been very successful doing that with our customers and, and they've been absolutely, <laughs> you know, very happy with, with the output. Um, and I, I think with the introduction of the tech we're building, we're going to even be able to provide more value to our customers than before. So I, I already think we, you know, we're, we're able to provide a lot of value. And I, I think with the introduction of this technology, we'll be able to uh, provide even more value to them. Uh, FT meaning full-time employee, right? Yes. Yeah. Just for our audience. And then are you willing to talk about this new technology or are you holding off maybe going a little bit? Yeah, know, absolutely. You know, <laughs> the, the technology is because we, we delivered a primarily, we delivered a service um, to our existing customers or we deliver an, a service to our existing customers. Um, we, we didn't have a great way to present the analytics and the reports um, to our customers. And so this tooling will just allow us to showcase our work and provide a dashboard for our customers to kind of log in and see everything that's going on. And, you know, what, what I like to say is like, there's a ton of unstructured data in our review and our uh, results. Mm -hmm. And we're going from an area where we take the unstructured data and we, we put structure around it. So um, like our CISO and GRC customers are able to log in and immediately uh, interpret, you know, all the work we're doing uh, in in the dashboard. Makes a lot of sense. Um, any uh, have you been incorporating or using any um, AI? Um, <clears throat> well, not just yet, but we are looking at ways to incorporate some AI. Um, I think one of the things we we're looking to do, um, and we've 
you know, looked at it a little bit more carefully uh, in the past month is, um, you know, building some sort of automated uh, document readers that then allow you to um, do analysis of those documents, similar to how our analysts do um, do the work. But we, we want to do some kind of thorough testing to see, you know, are the um, is the automated review, you know, how does it stack up against sort of the the human review? And so yeah. that's, that's probably the, the the closest thing to AI that we've um, we've looked at recently. Very cool. One of the favorite questions I love to ask people, entrepreneurs who've started their own companies is what's been the hardest part? Uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, uh, it's been a lot of fun, uh, the past kind of year or two. Um, I think the first year is really the hardest part. And so, um, once you get over that hump, um, and you have a little bit of staying power, then it, then it, then it becomes a lot more fun. But, um, yeah, the first, the first six to 12 months, especially, I think I started this in like March of 2020, which was just like the start <laughs> of COVID. So yeah. I, I don't really like the point to that normally, because if anything, I, I feel like that might have, you know, helped um, the cybersecurity industry. Um, but yeah, I would say the first six, 12 months is really, really difficult um, to to kind of get through that, uh, that phase. Yeah. And, and by saying it's really difficult, at least from personal experience, I'd imagine you're, you're talking about revenues, right? Is the, you go from this sort of studying paying, study paying job to then worrying every single month, do I have work enough work next month yeah yeah i think it's 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 revenue and it's sort of um engagement and and all that so i, I actually one of the things i would recommend um to you know new business owners there's a lot of like if you read online there's a lot of hot topics about you know how much should you charge or should you offer things for free at, at first and i i i kind of go back and forth on this all the time but I'd say in the last year, I, I, I very much would push, you know, trying to offer free services like in, in that first six or 12 months, because you really find out like, okay, what do people need? What do people want? What are they want? You know, what, what's sort of like the hot topics you build those relationships. And if you do a good job, like there's usually a, a reason, like people will bring you back to kind of do more work. Um, so yeah, that, that's always a hot topic. It's like, should you offer your services for free? And I'm kind of in the camp of, of yes for now, but um, that could, that could change in the future. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with you. I think pricing is the most difficult part of entrepreneurship because as I like to say, it's an art, not a science. There's no hard and fast rule on it. And you your costs may increase over time, which changes your pricing. But to your point, if you can, especially in consulting, I think you have to establish your expertise and your authority and your trustworthiness. And one of the best ways to do that is to get someone on the phone and just start talking to them um, and do it for free because, you know, people will get on the phone if it's free. <laughs> yeah. Well, get on the phone or, I mean, even people within your own network, I mean, if you ask, Hey, is, you know, is there a project I can do, you know, at, like at, at no cost. And I mean, yeah, again, it's, it's, it's a difficult pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also like laying the, 
ground uh, work for you to have a long and valuable business. Um, but yeah, it, it, I guess in the, in the first year, it's a really difficult pill to swallow um, to kind of, you know, work for free. But I think it's a, a really important one. I think that's really good advice. And speaking of that, that was going to be my question. So we're going to take that as the answer to that question. I'm going to move on to one of the questions that I have had that, since you've been talking. You said that you are the only full-time hire at your company and you rely on some analysts. Are these part-time hires or are they consultants that you sort of have ready to rely on, lean on when the work comes in for them? How did you structure that? Yeah, it's it's kind of both. Um, they're, they're, it's kind of both. I mean, okay. because I have a steady amount of work, um, it is like a part-time hire. Um, but if I didn't have a, like maybe a steady amount, it would be, you know, when the work would come in. So it, it's hard to say a part-time hire. Cause that, I mean, it's, it's not what it is, mm-hmm. but, um, there's a steady amount of work that I, I could kind of view them as, as employees, but you know, it's just not how it's structured. Okay. And then another really logistical question that I think our audience would be interested in, at least I know I am as, as a, my, a fellow entrepreneur, any tools that you recommend that helps you get the job done efficiently? Um, and not know, necessarily the, sorry, the job that you do for your clients, but just building the business. <laughs> oh, building the business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I was going to say we've been pretty manual and like we use our, our customers tools, um, to get the work done. Um, so on that front, it's, yeah, it's probably not a whole lot to recommend. Um, I can't, I can't say anything other than I, you know, I, um, you know, I, I live in LinkedIn. Um, okay. I, I can't say that I've used, um, all, you know, a ton of tools. I, I will say like, I have always tried to be very, very lean on everything I do. Um, you know, website building, you know, marketing, and <clears throat> that might be right or wrong, but I, I've been able to use like the freelancer websites like Upwork and Fiverr to help me, help me with that. And if you want to be lean, I think that's the best way to go. Um, you know, you're going to, you're going to have to be more hands-on with like what the output will eventually be, but you can, you can get like, you know, a website done for, you know, not very expensive and you can get, you know, your marketing materials done for not very expensive. So, um, so yeah. And, And now I'm at the point actually where I actually, you know, maybe do want to spend a little bit more money and am able to spend a little bit more money in those areas. Mm-hmm. But early on when I wanted to be lean, I didn't want to spend, you know, $5,000 on like a website and, you know, all this. I just wanted to spend like a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. Makes sense. So what are your plans for your business for the future? Yeah. I mean, right now, uh, the plan is to do a really great job supporting our existing customers and to, um, keep building around the platform that we've been developing and, um, and go out to beta in the next three to six months um, with it. So that's kind of the immediate goal and I have to see what the response is and, and what the customer acquisition looks like on that front and uh, take it from there. Great. 
Well, um, I know we're running a little bit closer to the end of time, so I have a few quick fire questions yeah, uh, that cool. don't necessarily have to be answered quickly, <laughs> but I will, you know, they can be. Um, so the first one is your number one security tip that you give to customers or maybe even friends at social events. Uh, MFA. Yeah. <laughs> Multi-factor authentication in case. Yeah. I'm sure our audience knows what that is, but you know, <laughs> just in case. Um, well, so I actually, I have, I have to tell a quick story about that and then see your okay. reaction. I'd love to so, hear so customers, obviously when you say MFA, they kind of get an idea of what that is, but when you're at a social event and someone says, um, you know, what is, what's going on in security right now? And, and I'll say to someone, well, you know, you really need to enter in that, that two factor. And um, the funny story is my own kids know this as well, that I, this is one of my own uh, soapboxes. And my kid the other day said, well, mom, but I, I got a, a text message from someone that one of the packages was delayed and I clicked on the link and I'm like, oh my gosh, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> like, how did they get your cell phone number? Yeah, you know, it's um it's interesting with with phishing. I mean, they like it is getting increasingly really really good. Um and it, it's kind of funny. I like tweeted about this like 2 years ago. I got like a marketing email from Walgreens and mm-hmm. it was like the spammiest looking email ever. And I'm just like at this point the spammers have like better marketing emails than the <laughs> than the companies themselves so like how do you like yeah like it, it's getting really confusing like what's good and what's not like yeah ups like update i love that so it's <laughs> um, funny yeah so i i definitely think that is going to be an ongoing issue it's just the spam and the phishing is going to get so good and i i mean i, I do fear especially with the AI like voice technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've thought about this a lot. Like someone could call up my dad with my voice and, and have a conversation with him and it'll be really hard for him to distinguish that it's not me. So, and that's, I mean, that's definitely going to be coming. So yeah, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's getting hard out there. It is. It is getting hard. Okay. So the other quick fire question uh, that I have for you, I think we still have enough time is any favorite cybersecurity or business book? that you would recommend? Oh my gosh. Uh, like everyone, I think my attention span has like shortened to where we don't read books anymore. Uh, <laughs> well, podcast or articles or websites that you like to visit count too. Yeah. Uh, it kind of spans the gamut between um, startup and, um, and cybersecurity. Um one person who I love, it's just coming to mind because I, I I read him every day. I see his LinkedIn posts. I see his tweets. Is Jason Lemkin from Saster. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, he's like, at this point, probably a personal hero. He, he's, sp- he's so spot on with every one of his posts. He created um, a Substack newsletter that now I get um, every day calling uh, called uh, Scaling Scaling SaaS. Oh yeah, I, I love that as well. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll throw that out there. Awesome. Um, well, great. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for your time. Now, would you please let listeners know how they can find you? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find me uh, on LinkedIn, Jonathan Mandel, um, our website, tpsafe.com. Um, and uh, those are probably the two best ways to, to reach out. Perfect. Well, thanks again. And for the person listening, thank you for listening. And you can find all of our blogs in this podcast on Substack, speaking of Substack, and Apple Podcasts at the Security Expert Marketplace. Thanks again, Jonathan. It was really awesome talking to you. And I look forward to seeing what you accomplish. Thank you. Appreciate it.